Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. Isn't it good news that you have your eyes open, you're able to breathe the day, you got up out of the bed, you were able to move your limbs. I don't know about y'all, but just flexing my, my muscles and, and being able to walk and to talk and to, to actually understand stuff. That's good news to me because you know what? Somebody did not make it today. And, and you know, I, I have to ask my, my sister from another mister and, and my um, co host today donna smith hetzler what do you think about the good news what's the good news for you today you know we're so on point um i was driving through parker today and i was counting my blessings and as i drove by the hospital Mm -hmm. i thought thank you lord that i have my health that i have Mm -hmm. my arms and my legs and my eyesight that i can see your beauty the beautiful rocky mountains and i can hear the wind rustling through the trees and i'm just so grateful i'm just counting blessings this morning so lots going on in my life but just feeling really grateful and thankful for you. We had a nice visit yesterday, yes, didn't we, did. we? Yes, we did. And we had a nice little time at Panera Bread, just catching up and what have you. And uh, that was good news as well, because it's not often that I get to sit down with my friends, my folks, yes. you know, and just have a good time. So that's our good news. And, and we're going to hear from producer Dave what his idea of good news is also. But I just want to welcome you, first of all, to the good news with Angie Austin. This is Beatrice Bruno the drill sergeant of life and i'm sitting in for angie even though when you think about it nobody can really truly sit in for angie <laughs> because she is such a unique she is. person she's full of the good news she's just she's just an awesome chick she is she really awesome is. i miss her i do too yes. i do too but she's doing what she's got to do out in cali and and we miss her and angie we love you with all our hearts girl and we miss you and so producer dave what's your What's your take on good news? Man, you know, I think we all need a little bit of good news every single yes. day. And um, there's not enough of it. You know, I've, I've been looking around lately. <laughs> you know, I try to get all these stories for this show. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always on the lookout for looking, you know, trying to save stories and look them up. And yes, I find enough for the show. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's weird how it... Even when I'm looking, it's hard to find them. But, you know, uh, they are out there, and we do get to see them all the time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I get to share a lot of them here on the show. Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just awesome that God allows us those moments of good news because yes. we really need them. If we don't have them, we will lose hope. Right. And we need to keep hope to keep our faith yes, going. We do. 
and to look forward into the future. God knows the plans that he has for you, and they're good plans. Amen. They're plans for a hope and a future. And so, yes, we do need to keep focused on the good stuff. Right. And um, even if it's a good news story, sometimes it's reported with a little negative slant. So that's why I love coming here, right? Because we really do the good news. Even if there's like a little tearjerker at first or something, you know, Dave will pass the Kleenex around for all of us, but it always ends in the good news. Right. So. Well, a lot of times the good, the best good news stories start out with something that happened that was catastrophic. That right. Was terrible. Yes. And it's just the those people overcoming those circumstances that makes it the good news. Overcoming. And that's a word that we have to look at in our lives are we overcoming the obstacles the situations and circumstances that tend to follow us around dog our heels you know are we overcoming those things and are we helping other people to overcome stuff yes you know because life is hard enough by yourself oh absolutely but when you come alongside somebody and say hey let me help you with that hmm. you know yesterday i was uh, uh last week i was at, at ikea and um this young lady, she had a cart full of stuff. And I, it was my second time going to Ikea, but I finally felt the magic. All right, you got Ikea. it. Did you they, seize the storage bins? I and seized. Yes. Okay, and they have such good prices. They, they do. They really do. But this young lady, she was getting ready to, to um, put stuff into her car. And, I mean, she had all this stuff in various sizes and various weights and what have you. And I walked up to her. I was going to the truck. And I said, excuse me, honey, do you need some help? Nice. And she looked at me and she said, well, I... I don't know, but I said, that box looks really heavy. Do you mind if I help you with that? And she looked at me. She said, well, thank you. And, and when I got ready to leave her, and she said, thank you so much for your help. I said, well, baby, that's what we're supposed to do anyway. You know, I uh, just hearing that story, uh, my one of my pet peeves is being um, uh, a man or woman who cannot receive. And we have such a hard time you know, asking for help or receiving help. You didn't, she didn't even Stop. have to ask for help, right? Stop talking about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm staring you down over there because you are the ultimate giver. And when somebody gives to you, you know, you're like, no, no, I got it. I'm, I'm good. But I think that's all of us. It's true Amen. of all of us. Even if it's a compliment or if somebody says, do you need help? No, I'm good with that. Um, you know, we just need to figure out how to be men and women who say, yes, I would love some help. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, this box is heavy and I'm struggling today or it's hard. It is very hard, it's but hard. I think we need to practice it. So I'm throwing the gauntlet out today to all of us. Oh, that, Donna, uh, come on. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that today. I, come on. I'm no longer your twin. No, not today. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. But, you know, and, and producer David, how do you feel about asking people for help or accepting that help? Receiving it. I, I very rarely ask for help unless it's, an, an, a, you know, very dire or extreme circumstances. I won't even ask for help. Uh, and then um, when people offer help, I have a hard time <laughs> taking right. it. I have a hard time taking it. It is. Um, you know, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. I don't want to bother anybody else with what my problems are. And you know what I mean? And so even when they're offering it, it's still difficult for me to do. Although I've been working on it and I try. Amen. And now transferring that to your young boys. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's all, yeah, now you can leave the studio, B. <laughs> I'm going to shut your microphone off really <laughs> No, I want to teach them how to do it, you know. I yeah. want to teach them better, I, you know, and I know that they learn better through um, 
you know, examples rather than I'm, I can't I can tell them things all the time and mm -hmm. they're never going to get it. And but if they see me doing it, that's when right. they're going to see it. So I try mm -hmm. to set a good example. And at least in front of them, I do. Is it mm -hmm. more difficult for men than women? Because you guys are built to be like our, you know, dragon slayer, knight in shining armor. So to receive help from somebody else, is that kind of like anti-manly? I don't I mean. I, maybe I used to think so. I don't think so. I think it's more pro-manly to accept help when you need it mm -hmm. and to take like the that. help and to ask for help when you need it. I think that it's really, really... Or directions. You know, just Yeah. Me. Well, I know it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, directions. No. See, I've never had the problem. I'll ask for directions. I get lost really easy, though. I get, I get lost inside a paper bag. I, I have the worst <laughs> sense of direction. Uh, I think, you know, I thank God I live in Colorado, so I know that the mountains are west. So I All can, right. I there you that. go. All right. I hear you. He's uh, but, lost you know, on but a I know a lot day. of people, especially when it comes to, like, mental health issues, uh, I know it's a big deal for men to not ask for help. Right. And yes. they think they're going to fight through it and they're not going to yeah. do it. They're not going to do it. They're not. And it's something that I'm learning, too. And, uh, you know, I've been going through my own struggles and through my own things. And, um, you know, I've realized I need to ask for help. So I've been doing that. And Good. Trying to take the steps to do it. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I notice when I'm really struggling with it, I get weepy. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I get real weepy at weird things too. Like I, I, like I cried at like an Amica commercial the other day, or it's like I don't even know what it was. I'm just like, <laughs> what is my problem? I couldn't sing a song. I was singing a song with my kids the other day, and I couldn't sing it without getting choked up. And it wasn't a sad song. And I'm like, what is going on with me? <laughs> and uh, we were talking about last week with Eric. Eric kind of goes through the same kinds of things. It's like, you know what? It doesn't make us less manly that that's that right. Happen to it us. does it doesn't matter. make us. In fact, it may make us more manly that we're able to. Uh, like embrace it, yes. really go with it and feel those feelings. And, you know, you can't force yourself to be happy. It's unhealthy to try to force yourself to be happy, mm -hmm. but it is, but you know, everyone goes through hard times. And so feel those feelings, no matter how deep and difficult they seem to feel. Right. So it's good and to just will. feel them. They'll, they'll surface later if we don't deal with them, if that's you right. stuff them down and what have you. So that's good that you're able to do that. And Amen. that's empowering, trying, right? Trying. And it's good that the boys see it. The boys see it, it as really well. Is. Yes. It really is. And, and it's important that they learn to embrace those feelings, you know, and it's not a bad thing. My, my oldest, our oldest boy, um, he's having a hard time with grieving his dad and stuff. And, you know, when we talk, we do Facebook, um, the Facebook Messenger thing where you can see each other. Oh yeah, Facebook and, Live. Know, yeah, mm -hmm. and and he'll start crying, and then he, all of a sudden he'll suck it back in. And I say, son, let it go. Hmm. I said it's okay. I say you miss your daddy. It's okay, you know. And it takes him a minute, but he'll finally embrace that. I'm I'm getting ready to go see him next month in August, and um, I'm looking forward to it because it, it's just been a rough time. It has, yes. but the good news is is that we're moving forward. Good. You know. Good. It's so. it's been neat to see you on this healing journey. Woo! And Lord have mercy. hard to see you on this healing journey, yeah. but boy, you've you've really um, been in tune with God through all of it and Amen. Um, been real Amen. with God about it. Amen. And Amen. It, it's it's good to see you. It's um it's been a road. It really has. But um but God. But God. But God. Yes. That's all I can say. But God. Because um he's the one that's able to bring us through. So, producer David, we got any good news stories today? Yeah, and speaking of bringing us through uh, very difficult times, this is a really cool story that we found through. So it is uh, America's Got Talent season, um, and a lot of really inspiring stories come out of America's Got Talent. And yes. last week, um, there's this really good one. It was this quartet of singers, and they're all Army veterans. Yes, yes, yeah. One's active, one is actually still active duty. Two of them duty. were active. Two of them were yeah. retired, two of them were active, I yeah. think. So. Yeah. 
Um, they say that in the clip, so we're going to get to hear kind of their introduction and what they're all about and what and what they want. And I, I really like that they're singing for these people and they're inspiring all these soldiers mm -hmm. to seek out help, and, like we were talking, and to actually go get the help that they need because being a soldier is not an easy job. That's right. Welcome. How are you? We are wonderful, thank you. What's your names? My name is Master Sergeant Caleb Green, United States Army. <laughs> Retired. And I am Jason Hanna, Sergeant First Class in the U.S. Army. Sergeant Major Crystal Reams, U.S. Army active. And I am Staff Sergeant Retired Ron D. Henry, United States Army. Okay, great. So what's the name of the group? Voices of Service. We're using this platform to show what music can do as music therapy for servicemen and women who are coping with post-traumatic stress, and we just love what we do. Wow. How did, how did you meet? We all have a common bond to serve our country. It's what gives us the, the, the power or the fire to do what it is we do. Being soldiers, we cope with a lot of things. In 2003, my unit, 101st Airborne Division, we were deployed to Iraq. We took fire and a lot of things flashed before my eyes and my thoughts, wondering, were we gonna make it through this? I have eight combat deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. One that comes to mind is um, we were on a ground convoy from one base to another and we averted an improvised explosive device, but the tank behind us hit it. And it just tears you up inside because it could have been your son, could have been your daughter, could have been a friend, you know, and, and we still had to be resilient and, and do our job. Every day of your life that you spent there, you had to make it your best because one day you could be having lunch with one of your battle buddies and the next day they could be gone. So, um, you know, those thoughts ring through all of our minds. We would sit around, you know, and just start singing. And that would help us get over what we went through that day. You know, just bring a sense of hope to what the loss that we dealt with. The bond of music got us through it all. And being on that stage tonight, it's, it's a dream come true. To have this opportunity, it reminds you what a great country we do live in. And it's for those people, for those men and women who have given the ultimate sacrifice that I'll stand on the stage and sing tonight. So what would you like to achieve by doing well on the show? Tell me. We want to achieve in spreading a message of love and hope for everyone in America who is coping with any challenge in life to show what music can do. Good. Good luck.
You are like really fighting not to like jump in and hit those high notes. With oh them. my gosh. You know, it reminds me of when I was stationed with the United States Army Europe Band and Chorus as a singer. Oh. And we would just, we would go all over Europe singing for those Europeans, you know, the Germans, the Swiss, the Swedish, the, you know, the Norwegian, all over the place. And we were the rock stars of the army. Yes, I bet. And so for these four to just come together like this, this is, and yes, there's tears in the drill is that, eyes. Is that pepper oh, No, ain't no pepper. <laughs> I'm just so stinking proud of these, these four soldiers, you know, and they're soldiers that have come together to let people know that even though all this other stuff comes against them, we will still arise. We will rise. We will rise. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what you're going through, and obviously these soldiers have, you know, sacrificed um, yes. a lot to fend for our freedom. And thank you as well, Beatrice, Amen. you know, for doing that for Amen. our freedom. Um, and I, I don't know, uh, there's a lot of tragic things in the world and things that happen um, outside of war and what have you. But um, the good news is that no matter what you're going through, we have to remember there's a bigger story that's being written. That's right. There's an enemy, a very real enemy that is here to still kill and destroy. Amen. There are humans who make wrong decisions. Yes. And yet, but God, but God, but God will help but us God. rise through those things. And one of the things that they said was, um, I will transform. Mm -hmm. What's God doing in That's these right. dark circumstances? You will transform and you will rise to the occasion, um, even when you feel like you can't Absolutely. and you can't take another step forward. And, uh, it's, and those times will come. Oh, yes. I have no doubt about it. Yes. Those times will come. But God. But God. But God, because we have to look at the bigger picture yes. of what God is doing in our lives and just know that no matter how hard it gets, no matter how challenging it is, that God is still God yes. and he is still the God of our lives. Right. You know, and he sent Jesus as a sacrifice so that we will have connection with him. And we have to remember that because the times, the hard times are going to come. Yes. And they look different for all of us. And I would say, no matter what you're going through, that don't compare your situation to somebody else's. Right. It, you know, there's times where I'm going through something and I'll compare it to somebody else's who seems worse than my own. And no, God is concerned with you That's right. specifically, individually, and he deals with us all differently and transforms us in great ways. And it's through that fire and Amen. through those times where we 
we can really become intimate with him. Amen. And so, uh, unfortunately, the Bible tells us to consider it all joy. Oh, I'm still trying to wrap my <laughs> brain around that. I know that's right. Hallelujah. Yeah. But we still find the joy of the Lord because we that's do. our good news. So thank you for joining us today here on The Good News with Angie Austin. As we said, Angie is out of town, but you know what? We still have her presence here because she is such a huge part. She is The Good News with Angie Austin. So thank you so much for joining us. Donna Hetzler, how do people get in touch with you? JerichoGirls.org. Amen. And this is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. Contact me, Beatrice, at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. God bless y'all, and we love you with the love of Jesus, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is an ideal vacation for your entire family. Now that our new dog park is open, bring your pup and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with fun, dog-friendly programs and activities we have planned just for you. This is your opportunity to get extra special exercise for your pup and experience fellowship with other dog families. And if you book a family cabin, your dog is welcome to stay in the cabin with you. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. So bring your dog and fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at our new dog park at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Please enjoy this encore presentation of a classic segment of The Good News with Angie Austin. Welcome back. Well, last week, Pastor Kurt Bubna from East Point Church in Spokane, Washington, joined us. And uh, we've talked about his book on marriage, uh, how to rekindle marriage and get it back on track, and his book, Epic Grace. But he mentioned his blog on going to Rwanda, and he'd written a blog about uh, called Out of Africa and Four Lessons I Learned. So, Kurt, welcome back. Thanks, Angie. It's always great to be with you and your listeners. Well, when you brought this trip up, I thought we've got to have you back to talk about this. We can't let this opportunity pass. So talk about why you went there, how the trip came about. And then I want to get into the lessons, of course. But how does one go on a trip and get involved with, uh, you know, a a missions trip to Rwanda? Well, I uh, have the privilege of working with Saddleback and what they call the Peace Initiative. And Saddleback Church and Rick Warren has been very involved for over 10 years in Rwanda, in Africa. And uh, that a lot of people don't know this, Rick has dual citizenship and he's on the president's cabinet, the president of Rwanda. So he's had huge influence. And they, uh, they've they literally changed the face of that country. The, the Christians there, the church there has been wow. so united. A lot of people remember, especially if they're my age, back 1994, the genocide that happened where over 1.3 million people were killed, brutally killed. Yeah. Uh, and that was, again, quite a while ago. But since then, uh, God has just done a miracle in that that country. It's one of the safest uh, countries in the continent of Africa. Uh, one of the, it's, they, they will not tolerate corruption. Uh, they're one of the fastest growing com- uh, nations on, on the continent. Uh, still a lot of poverty, still a lot of brokenness. But the church, and this is the thing, it just totally, it's my first time there. I've been all over the world, but my first time to Africa and the church there. I mean, I was with Anglican and Baptist and Methodist and Pentecostals. I was there with, with a wide variety of the, the church, and they are working together to change that country. Wow. And I was just privileged to go to uh, be a part of the All-African Pastors Gathering 
and to meet these guys to learn how we can help support um, uh, some other churches in the region. Okay, so to recap, you were invited to be part of this All African Pastors Gathering in Rwanda, and uh, very excited about that. And then you go on to say that Africa did not disappoint. So let's talk about, uh, you know, getting there, arriving there, what you did, and then I want to find about the uh, find out about the lessons you learned. <laughs> getting there is the hard part. Uh, from my home, it was thirty hours from airport to airport. Wow. Um, I had uh, a, quite a trip. Um, but once I got off the plane in Rwanda, uh, I, instantly I just I, I, I was amazed. I was blown away by the people. Uh, the average family in Rwanda, again, a lot of poverty there still. Uh, they're improving, but uh, they typically have four or five kids. And the uh, length, the um, most people live, their life expectancy is about 55. Yeah. So it's a very young nation, very young children everywhere. Yeah. So the first thing you run into is kids. And I, you know, I love kids. I'm, I'm a grandpa, eight grandchildren, four children of my own. And I, I'm just a kid magnet. I love them. And uh, the children are everywhere, and they just fascinated me. Their joy. They're, these are kids that have. I mean, I watch kids. It, you've seen the programs. You see, you know, but these kids play with rocks. They play with sticks. They play with old tires, and they just have the smiles from ear to ear. They just rob your heart. They steal your heart, and they love Jesus. You know, many of these children again have been greatly influenced by the church, and they have this amazing relationship with God. So that was the first thing that struck me: is the kids. I loved mm-hmm. them. Kids at having so little. Uh, including even their clothing, you know, very little of anything and having such joy. I I think that's an interesting situation because we think of our own children who complain when they don't get a treat after dinner or they don't get to go to an expensive, you know, um, trampoline jumping place or maybe even do a sport that is like, whoa, hockey and swimming and soccer. That's a lot of equipment to have to buy. Like a lot of parents can't afford this stuff. And our kids complain about the smallest things. And then you see these kids with so little filled with so much joy. I wonder why they're so joyful. You know, my suspicion is and Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6, that, uh, you know, we shouldn't worry about life that we need to put the kingdom first. And these are people that they don't have a lot to worry about. Uh, One of the lessons I learned is that, you know, I reminded um, in the context of what I saw there that we need need to embrace simplicity. You know, more stuff doesn't automatically make you happier. It it doesn't. In fact, an old pastor friend of mine who's gone to be with Jesus several years ago, he used to say, the more you have, the more you worry. Uh, Yeah. And True. I think he was right. And again, I, you know, I grew up uh, around missionaries. I went to, I was grew up in a Christian Missionary Alliance church. Uh, I, I, I have more missionaries in my family than most people have family. And I used to, as a kid, I remember sitting there listening to the missionaries come through and they do their, what felt like about a nine hour slideshow. And I was bored to tears. And, and I remember always feeling guilty that I had a bike and that I had two pairs of shoes and these kids didn't have any and that I got to eat ice cream and they didn't have, you know, rice. And I, I don't, by no means want, you know, anybody listening to this to feel guilty or shamed because of what they have. But I do think we need a different perspective. I think we need to understand that what we have is not the key to happiness, never has really been, never will be. And that's the mistake a lot of Americans, a lot of Westerners make, is that we think more stuff makes us happy. Uh, you know what? It doesn't. I'm 59 years old. I can guarantee you it doesn't. The more you have, the more you worry. And so that was one of the great lessons I learned. So these kids, they, they, uh, they really are. I, you want to joy. You go to my website, look at the, the pictures that I have. Some of the kids, the, the joy on their face is unmistakable. And I saw that in hundreds and hundreds of children and family all over the, the country. 
Well, I'm looking at one of the pictures right now, and I agree with you. I can see that in their eyes, their face, their smiles. But also there's a picture of a boy working really hard, lifting a lot of branches that are tied together over his head. So uh, apparently responsibilities, I understand, for uh, children in Africa and Rwanda, specifically where you were, where they're expected to do and perform some adult activity. Like they're really supposed to pull pull their own weight. Yeah, everybody's engaged. Uh, and it, it, the amazing thing, I, I said, typically the families have four or five children. Uh, it's the older children that care for the younger children. Interesting. Uh, and often because, you know, mom and dad are working or they're trying to, I mean, just making a meal. Um, they're, the, what the picture you're referring to is that uh, Rwanda is a beautiful country. And part of the reason for that is it's against the law to cut down trees. You know, I've been to India and Nepal, and they've been completely deforested. Interesting. Um, and so that's illegal to cut trees down. So what they do is they look for branches or they look for, uh, I think what he's carrying is probably some bamboo, but they look for anything they can because they have to make a fire to cook their food every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, it's wow. rare, rare for the villagers don't have, you know, propane or gas or electricity. Uh, so it's it, but every, yeah, everybody in the family contributes because they have to for survival. But they grow up with that. They they work very hard. They have a high work ethic. Well, again, if you're just uh, joining us, uh, Pastor Kurt Bubna uh, joined us last week to talk about Good Friday, and uh, he's a recurring guest. And he went to Rwanda, and so we're talking about the four lessons he learned. So let's keep on rolling. Well, another one, and this is something. My trip there, I mentioned, it's thirty hours from airport to airport. It was one. You know, horrible. <laughs> I was supposed to have 50 minutes in Amsterdam to catch my next flight. I ended up having 25. Oh, boy. Uh, Amsterdam's a huge airport. They closed the gate 15 minutes before the next plane oh. leaves. So I had 10 minutes. Wow. I'm one of those guys you see jumping over children and suitcases, running through the airport, trying to get to the gate. Oh, my Got goodness. to the gate just as the guy closed the door. And I went up to him. And the Danish people... Um, Let's just say that they they don't have a fond relationship with most Americans. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> I, I walk up to this guy and I go, dude, you know, and that's exactly what I said. Dude, you got to let me on this plane. And he's like, no, I don't. And I said, man, there's only one flight a day. I've been on the plane for already for 20 hours. Please, please. He said, well, your bags won't make it. I said, I don't care. Just get me on there. And he did. And I made it 10 hours later to Rwanda. And I didn't have my bags ready. Four days. <laughs> and I made the wow. rookie mistake of not carrying any extra clothes with me oh, on the plane. No, yeah, so you I was... never do that. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. So uh, I I was four days uh, in the same set of clothes. And, uh, and then some get stressed out. Certainly, the, one of the lessons was, you know what? There's so many things in life that we stress out over that we really don't need to stress out over. Yeah. We 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 need to expect the unexpected and, and not stress out over things that we have no control over. And I don't know why it's taking me so long to figure this out. Again, I'm an old guy, but we have very little control over hardly anything. So expect and, the unexpected. And I might add a sidebar, also plan ahead. I yeah. love, I, you know, it's so funny that you because I do have my kids oftentimes as well, uh, pack clothes in their backpack just in case, because there was only one time in my entire life that I didn't have a suitcase. And I went on spring break in Mexico Uh-oh. and they actually sent my luggage home to my house. So for one week on spring break, I had nothing. And so, uh-huh. you know, I mean that, so I, 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 I say plan ahead. So, but you learned a very valuable lesson, embrace, em, embrace simplicity as a friend and you were there to help others. So it really didn't matter how great you looked. You might not have smelled so great, but whatever. <laughs> oh, honestly. I just kept rinsing my clothes out. But yeah, you know, we stress out over things. And it was a great reminder to me. Listen, I'm in a foreign country, far from home. Uh, there's There are things that I can control, like my attitude. But there are a lot of things I can't control. 
And the best thing I can do is just say, okay, you know what? I'm here today. I'm breathing today. I've got food today. I've got friends around me today. Uh, I get to be uh, make a difference for hopefully for the kingdom today. And that's all that really matters. So stressing out, and this is again, I I would be the first. My wife, if she was listening to this right now, she'd be smiling because she knows I worry about everything. That's I stress out funny. over stupid little things, and I and it's like God keeps taking me around this mountain over and over and over again. Boob, now how many times are you going to have to go through this before you figure out? Listen, there are, there are things way more important, way more important that that you stress out over stuff that's just not. And that's, that was a great lesson. And going into the trip, um, I, from the rest of that point out, once I decided, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. The next eight days were awesome. All right. So then what what happened? So you say, um, expect the unexpected. That was one of your lessons. So you get there, you get the same clothes. What kinds of things are you doing while you're in Rwanda before you learn these other lessons? Well, we went up to Kivu Lake, which is on the western um, side of the country. It's about three, four hours from Kigali, the capital. Way up in the it's, uh, elevation is pretty high. It's like Denver, about a mile high. Uh, unbelievably gorgeous. Just beautiful, beautiful uh, place. Villagers, though, have nothing. The uh, um, a typical person there you know, doesn't even have electricity in their home. Uh, one of the people we visited, she uh, was proud to say that she just recently bought a front door for her home. And wow. you know, so you know, this is just the way they live. But we were there uh, to meet. I, I was there to meet with people to find out how uh, the peace initiative is working there in those villages. Uh, one example, uh, there are very few hospitals in the western part of the, the uh, country. And so the peace initiative has trained almost 5,000 healthcare workers to go from village to village. These are all Christians. Wow. They're not nurses. They're not nurses. They're not doctors, but they're people that have been given some very basic training, skill training. They go into these villages and they give the training to the people there. Like simple things that we take for granted, uh, boil your water, hang your clothes in the sunlight so they can get disinfected. Uh, there's AIDS is still huge, huge issue there. We don't hear about it in America much because it doesn't make the press anymore. But uh, I was set in a group of an age support group at a church, 40 people. I'm going to guess the average age was 25. And uh, every one of them, uh, mothers with babies in their arms, uh, men, uh, women, all have AIDS. And uh, But what's happened is they, they've trained people to go in and help support these people, uh, help them remember to take their medication, uh, teach them what to do, how to do it. So my, my job really was to be an observer. I was going there to get an education and then to find out how uh, our church could partner with a church there and serving them and helping them and uh, be a part of the Peace Initiative in, in Rwanda. Well, and you mentioned too in the article about, um, you know, many of the homes were no more than shacks without air conditioning, without screens, without carpeting. Uh, the people don't have pets. Uh, they might have a goat or something, but that's, you know, for, for milk. Yeah. And uh, you said TV, very rare in these villages and that they're not driving around in cars. No, no, they, they walk almost everywhere. And I, uh, I never saw a dog. That's, uh, you know, again, I've been all over the, the world and everywhere else I've gone in third world countries, I've seen dogs everywhere. Uh, usually they're scavengers. I see one dog. Uh, I, I did see one cat. I'm not sure if it was wild or not, but uh, yeah, they just don't have a lot of those things. Uh, but what they do have is a love for, for Jesus, a love for their family, uh, a love for others. Uh, and that's why the church is literally exploding in growth over there is because the church has really loved people in his name. And then it was just, it was, it's, you see the unity. That's another thing. I came back and I thought, you know what, what would happen if in my town, 
if the church, rather than just the, the pastors, the ministers getting together once a month for a ministerial association meeting, yeah. where, we usually, where we gather at the lowest common denominator trying to make sure that we could play nice, what if we actually did things together? That'd be so cool. That's <laughs> what if a we great idea. Demonstrated to our city that you know what I don't agree with that guy and everything theologically, you know. But so what? Well, in terms of your lessons, you talked about expect the unexpected, and then they don't have much. You said embrace simplicity because the more stuff you have, it doesn't make you happier. And then I love your next lesson: kindness is a universal language. Let's talk about that and why you learned more about that in Rwanda. Well, before going, I tried to download some uh, YouTube videos and to learn a little bit. Kirawanda is the language they speak there. Uh, a lot of the people in the city speak English as well, and some of them speak French. But the villagers, for the most part, it's just Kirawanda. So I tried to learn some phrases, and I butchered them every time. You know, I, I, Every time I'd say something, I think they would giggle because I'm sure I was sounding very American. <laughs> but then it dawned on me, you know what? Um, if I could give these people a hug, if I can look them in the eye and, and they see in my eyes a genuine respect for them. Sometimes we Americans walk in these terrible situations mm -hmm. and we start, we treat people like, you know, they're lower than us. These people are just as valuable to God as I am. Right. And, and maybe more so. Right. And, and if for them to see in my eyes and in, in the contact, for me to listen uh, as they try to sometimes speak in their broken English and to just lean in and to really give them the time. You know, kindness really is a universal language. And and I think in our culture nowadays, this is something we've forgotten. Yeah. I, watch, I look at the current political landscape and it disgusts me, frankly. Mm -hmm. And it's because where's the kindness? Where's where's the common decency of just being kind? And we try to teach our kids when they're growing up, you know, you may not like what your brother just did, but your response is kindness. You may not like what's going on around you, but choose to take the high road, be kind. And, and so I, again, I got reminded of that in Rwanda, just even though they couldn't understand me and half the time I couldn't understand them, there was a deep connection. And Love kindness that. is that connection. It's kindness kindness is, the connection. is the universal language. All right. Another lesson you said you uh, learned, Pastor Bubna, while you were in Rwanda, was we take Westerners, we as Westerners, pardon me, take too much for granted. Talk about why that really was driven <laughs> home in Rwanda. Again, I've traveled a lot, but um, every time I go, it's uh, I'm immediately reminded of things like soft toilet paper that um, uh, matters, uh, drinkable water. Uh, almost every day, multiple times during the day, we'd have brownouts or they'd, they'd lose the power. I'm in a in Kigali, Kigali, one of the nicer hotels in Kigali, and uh, uh, it, it, it half the time AC wasn't on or the power was off. Oof. The things that we just take for granted. And again, I, not for a second am I trying to shame or guilt people. What I what I I felt God was reminding me is, you know, I. I have a, an entitlement mentality too often where I just expect things to be the way they are and rather than a, a really being grateful. Mm -hmm. uh, and in my relatively pampered life, and I would be the first to admit that that's my life, uh, doesn't lend itself to thankfulness. And I tell you, when you're over there and uh, suddenly, you know, the power comes back on and the AC comes back on, your response is, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I thought, well, why don't I live that way here? You know, when I turn on the water in America and I actually am able to drink the water from the tap, you know, not every time, but do I, has there ever been a time where I actually turned the water on and said, God, thank you for this, this that I can get right here from my sink that is drinkable and it's not going to kill me. Yeah. And so I think it's, um, 
it's a again a, a shift in our mentality, shift in our understanding, where we uh, are grateful for what we do have and literally walk in thankfulness. We have so much to be thankful for. All right, so the four lessons from Rwanda, Pastor Bubna, expect the unexpected, uh, stop worrying, embrace simplicity, stuff doesn't make you happy, kindness is a universal language, even if you don't speak the same language, and be grateful, stop uh, taking so much of your life for granted granted, and complaining about the little things in life. So um, what, as we wrap up the interview, what do you want people to take away from this the week after Easter? Well, you know, I hope that, um, they hear my heart that I, I'm not trying to, again, make people feel guilty for having a nice car uh, when most Rwandans don't even have a car. What I am doing is hoping that we'll see how incredibly blessed we are. And then from that, be willing to use what God's given to us to bless others. I went there to learn. I also went there to try and give a, what, you know, a little bit back because God has given me so much. And I think that should be our attitude as Christ followers, especially American Christ followers. We need to be people who say, God, you've given me so much. I've, I have so much to be grateful for. Now I want to give some back to you and to others. Well, and I love the idea last week uh, you talked about uh, picking up our cross daily as Christians and denying ourselves and that there's an 80-20 rule in a lot of churches that um, 80% of people watch, 20% of the Mm -hmm. people actually doing. Uh, And again, if you want to uh, check out Kurt and his books, Epic Grace, and also Mr. and Mrs. How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage, they can go to your website, which is? Youareperfectlyimperfect.com. Youareperfectlyimperfect.com. Excellent. God bless you, Kurt Bubna. Thanks for joining us again on the good news. Always a pleasure, Angie. God bless you. Hey, Angie Austin here with the good news. And the good news is I have one of the ARC ambassadors here with me, Christopher Petty. Hi, my name is uh, Chris. I have worked at the ARC for four or five years. Shopping with the purpose means giving back and it really helps people like me. I like working at ARC because it's the people and it's the employees and you can, you don't have to try to impress anyone. Just be yourself and just come in and just do your best and just be yourself. And I love him. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Keep going. And uh, I just, I do my best. You know, I go in there and I give it my best and I have a good time. And you're proud of the work you do? I'm proud of the work I do. Giving and back. The heart of ARC is so wonderful. It's important to shop at ARC because, you know, it is shopping with a purpose. I say that a lot. And when you donate things, it goes back to help our community and people just like Chris, who has a wonderful job with ARC as an ambassador. 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or arcthrift.org, arcthrift.org. Hey, I'm Chris. I love working at ARC. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. 
Welcome back to the good news. Angie Austin here. Well, millions of Americans are cutting the cord to their traditional cable box. And why not? You can save a ton of money and still watch pretty much everything you want. And even more for my family with the movies and all. And yet some people, like my mom, are still nervous about it. So they end up adding uh, popular streaming apps for a monthly fee, which we add on. But she doesn't really want to cut the cable yet. So you're essentially paying more than really what's necessary, maybe even twice as much as you paid before. And you could really save a lot of money doing, you know, it the new way, let's say. Joining us is Delaney Simmons with Amazon. Hi, Delaney. Hi, Angie. How's it going? Really well. So my kids are experts at all the streaming, and they use my Amazon Prime to watch a lot of their kids' shows and put it up on the TV and all. And Grand Grand, as we call her, is fascinated by this. She lives with us. So let's talk a little bit about um, National Cut the Accord Day on July 7th and uh, what that's all about, and then we'll get into the reasons that people, you know, don't cut the cord or are afraid to. Sure. Yeah. So National Cut the Cord Day is coming up on Sunday. It's a really fun time to celebrate streaming and do a little bit of research about what cord cutting could mean for you and your family. Um, it sounds like you guys have already made the jump. Uh, we just got to get Grand Grand on the on board and uh, and help people all over the world kind of understand what the benefits are and how much money you can really save if you decide to cancel cable and just go full streaming. We actually find that over 34% of all U.S. households will be streaming-only households by the end of the year. And that's huge numbers considering what you spoke about earlier, where we find that people do a little bit of both right now. People have cable, and they have their Netflix and their Prime Video, and they probably are paying more than they need to be. And when you talk about uh, savings, it's pretty significant, isn't it? It can be. It really varies for every household. It kind of depends on what you want to add to your streaming service packages. Mm -hmm. It's really super customizable, so there's no one one-size-fits-all solution. But for me, when I did it, I was really nervous about um, not having access to Bravo and live sports. And so for me, I added Hulu and Hulu Live to my package, um, and I canceled cable, and I'm saving about $75 a month. That's pretty Probably good. Probably more now that you think if it was five years ago where cable rates are now today. So um, we find that anyone, everyone saves about somewhere between 50 and could be up to $200 a month. Well, Delaney, you just mentioned what you considered, you know, when you were thinking about cutting the cord, Bravo and live sports. So what are some other things that people should consider if they're thinking about cutting the cord themselves? Yeah, um, we have some tips over here that we like to tell people. Um, sit down. Next time you're at dinner with your family, sit down and invite everyone you share the remote with. The remote's this kind of thing, this baton we pass around. and Bring everyone to the table and just make a list. Make a list of all the content you want to watch, uh, the things that you love the most, and then just do a quick quick Google. It takes a couple minutes just to find out where those channels or shows are streaming. For me, it was all in Hulu, so it was easy peasy. You might find that there's some things in one app and some things in another. Those are trade-off conversations that you could have, but really it's, it's pretty easy once you find out where all that content is streaming. So I have Hulu and Hulu Live, so I can still watch sports and news on the live channels, can still watch my NBC, ABC, Fox, um, and they can also have all my on-demand content, and then, of course, Netflix. And like you mentioned earlier, there's really beyond just the TV shows and movies that you're watching on cable right now that you could be watching on streaming. There's all this great content out there, older shows, you know, seasons upon seasons of things that are cataloged into these apps that you're just not going to get with cable. Mm -hmm. A good example is last night 
Sunday night, wanted to wind down before Monday at the office, and I found all 14 seasons of Forensic Files streaming for free. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a week, 14 seasons. But I'm so excited about it. Like if, you know, five years ago when we were doing this, you would have had to get really fancy with your DVR to find every episode in all 14 seasons of some show. Yeah, no kidding. My son, who's uh, 14, just um, found The Office, and he's on season five. And it's funny to watch him find something so old and just be, la- you know, laughing his head off and something that we both laugh about. So that's been kind of cool for him to find that as well. So let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, we, so now we know why people cut the cord. In general, it's to save money. But you also, as you mentioned, can get things streaming like entire seasons uh, uh, of, of a show that may not even be on the air anymore, anymore like The Office. Um, so best ways for people to do that you just google and find out which streaming services offer what you want yeah that's the first step really it's just a quick little bit of research Um, once you find where those shows are available though we recommend you head over to amazonfiretv.com there's a myth that once you cut the cord you're not able to watch that content on the tv anymore and that just isn't the case Uh, so we just want to replace that hardware that cable box that's on your mantle right now with a Fire TV. So you plug it into an HDMI port into the back of any TV, and you're going to get an upgraded TV in seconds, just connected to Wi-Fi. You get all the apps, all the content you're looking for, organized in a way that makes sense, organized in a way that your brain organizes content. When you plug in a Fire TV, you're going to see content. You're not going to see apps. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't say, I have to go watch NBC tonight. You say, I have to go watch The Good Place. Uh, we think in content, so the way that Fire TV works is all that content is right there at your fingertips. Cool. And um, how much does that run approximately for those? So Fire TV Stick starts at thirty nine ninety nine. If you have a 4K television, I recommend paying $10 more just to get the 4K Stick, which will allow you to stream in you know super high, beautiful pixel resolution. Um, we have some other products like Fire TV Cube, which allows you just to talk to your TV. You can say, Alexa, turn on the TV. Alexa, turn up the volume. Alexa, play Stranger Things on Netflix. That's a really cool product. And today we actually announced a great deal. It's an early Prime Day deal on Fire TV Recast, which I don't think a lot of people know about this product, but it's a DVR for people who have decided to cut the cord. It allows you to organize and record free channels. So those first 15 or so channels that you get for free over the air, uh, plug in Fire TV Recast, and we'll make sure you have a DVR that allows you to control that content. So $100 off on that starting today as an early Prime Day deal. Oh, that's pretty cool. I haven't heard of that either, and I'm, I'm all over that kind of stuff. Okay, where do we go for more info? Head over to Amazon.com or AmazonFireTV.com. There'll be a ton of great products there. Find the one that's right for you and your family, and keep an eye out for some great Prime Day deals on the 14th and 15th on, on all of our products. Excellent. Thanks, Delaney. Thanks so much, Angie. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.